There's a new trend in employment law relating to pay transparency. On November 1, the New York City pay transparency law came into effect, giving companies new requirements to consider as it relates to their job postings. With several other states having enacted similar laws and with more coming down the pike, employers need to look ahead on how to stay in compliance with these new laws and regulations. I'm Randall Rubenking, and you are listening to Baker Hosts. On today's episode of Baker Hosts, we will dive into the details of the recent New York City pay transparency law and what you need to do as an employer. Our guest today is Fanny Ferdman, a counsel in our labor and employment group. Welcome to the show, Fanny. Thanks so much, Randall. Great to be here. Fanny, first, could you give our listeners an understanding of what we will be discussing in a little more detail? Tell us, what does pay transparency mean and why are states putting this into effect? Of course. So in this context, pay transparency is essentially another way of saying that employers have an obligation to provide disclosures to applicants or to employees about their compensation. In some cases, the laws require these disclosures in job postings. In other cases, maybe the disclosures are required only upon request by an applicant or an employee, or maybe in a job offer letter. And the reason why states and cities are putting these laws in effect is to try to close the racial and gender wage gaps. In other words, the laws are designed to achieve pay equity, specifically to ensure that salaries for women and minorities who've historically been underpaid are equal to other salaries. I see. What is new and unique about New York City Local Law 32, which we know as the Pay Transparency Law? So to start, I want to clarify that the New York City law that we're discussing today deals with the type of disclosure that I mentioned around job postings, meaning that employers now have an obligation to provide disclosures to job applicants in job postings about the wages that other employees in that role receive. It's unique because there's currently only a couple other states and cities that actually have similar requirements. So New York City is definitely on the forefront here. Now, with that, of course, um, you know, comes a lot of employee, employer questions and confusion around what's actually required. Well, I can imagine that's true. So how will I know if this new law does apply to my job postings? Great question, Randall. <laughs> so <laughs> if you're an employer with at least four employees, one of whom is in New York City, this new law is probably going to apply to your job postings. Now, note that this employee count of four employees includes owners, and the four employees don't all need to work in the same location, nor do they all need to work in New York City. Really, you just need one of your employees to be in New York City in order to be covered. Also, if you're an employment agency, you're covered by the new law regardless of your size in which case you'd need to comply with the new requirements mm -hmm. for any covered job listings you promote or seek to fill. Now, there is an exception for temporary help firms seeking applicants to join their own pool of available workers. 
these temp firms are businesses that recruit, hire, and assign their own employees to perform work or services for other organizations or to support or supplement the other organization's workforce or to provide assistance in special work situations, temporary assignments, things like that. Think temporary staffing agencies that actually employ the workers themselves, but employers who work with these temporary help firms must still follow the new salary transparency law. So if you're an employer and you hire employees through such temporary staffing agencies, you as the employer still need to follow the new salary transparency law, but it's possible that that temporary staffing agency doesn't need to do those disclosures. That actually brings up another question for me. Let's say I'm a company with four employees, one of whom is in New York City. Does that mean any job posting for my company, regardless of where it may end up being filled, needs to meet the New York City ordinance? So it's not that black and white. Let me explain what is actually required, what's not required, and then I think that'll answer your question. So the new law essentially covers any advertisement for a job, and that can include a promotion or a transfer opportunity that can or will be performed, whether in whole or in part, in New York City. And that also applies to any performance of a job in New York City, whether from an office, in the field, like for sales representatives, or even remotely from an employee's home, if that home is in New York City. So yes, if an employer is hiring a remote worker who may be located in New York City and therefore performing their work in New York City, that advertisement has to contain the required wage disclosure. Similarly, if an employer is hiring someone who works remotely outside of New York City, but that employee is going to be required to work from a New York City office, even if it's just from time to time, that ad is required to now contain the required wage disclosure. Now, in terms of the listings themselves, an advertisement is considered to be a written description of an available job promotion, or transfer opportunity that's publicized to a pool of potential applicants, regardless of the way in which that information is disseminated. So that means that postings on internal bulletin boards in the workplace, or internet advertisements, or printed flyers at job fairs, newspaper advertisements, anything like that, that they would all be included. And they're also covered regardless of whether they're full-time employees, part-time employees, interns, domestic workers, even independent contractors, or any other category of worker that's protected by the New York City human rights law. Okay, well, that's very comprehensive. But what information, what exact information actually has to be included in these job advertisements? Yeah, so quite frankly, that's probably the most important piece of this whole puzzle, right? So Mm -hmm. essentially, employers now have to provide the minimum and maximum 
base annual salary or hourly wage that they in good faith believe at the time of the posting that they're willing to pay for the advertised job promotion or transfer opportunity. Now, a lot of clients have been asking us what that means. Right. <laughs> what is a good faith disclosure in this kind of context? So here, the city's position is that it's the salary or hourly rate range that the employer honestly believes at the time that they're listing the job that they're willing to pay a successful applicant. So to that end, employers are required to include both a minimum and a maximum salary because really the range isn't supposed to be open-ended. So an employer can't say, for example, $15 per hour and up or maximum of $50,000 per year. Nor can an employer say something crazy broad like $50,000 to $500,000 per year. And quite frankly, you know, even though this law is super new, some employers have already gotten in trouble for that, for that super broad kind of range. Now, you know, on the contrary, there are certain situations where an employer has no flexibility in the compensation that they're offering. So in that kind of situation, they really could provide just one number, even though I had mentioned that it needs to be a minimum and maximum. But if we know that, that, you know, there's a specific wage that's being offered and that there's no range, you know, an hourly range of $15 per hour or an annual salary of $50,000 per year, then that's that's sufficient too. Now, one other thing that we've gotten a lot of questions about is what, if anything else, should be disclosed in terms of compensation or benefits offered? You know, does it include bonuses, commissions, things like that? And the answer is no. It does not include other forms of compensation or benefits offered with the job. It's really just the base pay that this particular wage disclosure requirement pertains to. So while employers could, of course, voluntarily add and include information about commissions, bonuses, insurance benefits, time off benefits, uh, contributions towards retirement or savings funds, stock, anything like that. It's not part of the wage disclosure requirements themselves. This is all very interesting. It makes me think of certain stories that I've, I've seen around where companies get very nervous when employees start comparing paychecks. I wonder what your take is on how this kind of a law is going to affect the companies who do so much to dissuade employees from talking about salaries. Yeah, so that's actually a really interesting point, Randall. And that's actually something that's also prohibited by not this particular new law, but that's already something that's prohibited by New York state law, which a lot of employers don't even realize, to be perfectly honest with you. It's also prohibited by the National Labor Relations Act, which prohibits employers from restricting employees with regard to talking about the terms and conditions of their employment, and that includes the wages that they earn. So this is definitely 
a broader aspect of that exact type of law that's already in existence. You know, on that note, New York State actually is considering implementing a similar law that as this New York City one, that's something that we'll see if it actually ends up coming down the pike, but it's something that's already been discussed and is being considered. So I do anticipate seeing more and more of these types of laws, whether it's cities within New York State, which there are a few other cities and counties that have similar laws, or statewide itself. But certainly it's part of that same trend of just the general concept of wage disclosures. And that that looks different in different states and cities and under different laws already. Fantastic. This is very interesting. I'm sure we'll be hearing more about it. Thank you, Fanny. My pleasure. Thank you. If you have any questions for Fanny, her contact information is in our show notes. As always, thanks for listening to Baker Hosts. Comments heard on Baker Hosts are for informational purposes and should not be construed as legal advice regarding any specific facts or circumstances. Listeners should not act upon the information provided on Baker Hosts without first consulting with a lawyer directly. The opinions expressed on Baker Hosts are those of participants appearing on the program and do not necessarily reflect those of the firm. For more information about our practices and experience, please visit bakerlaw.com.